back everyone to our podcast, Critical Conversations. Shauna here and I have Kira with me and we're your hosts for today. A massive thanks to everyone that's listened so far. I want to introduce Paddy, our guest for today. So Paddy was a patient here in the ICU. And um, Paddy, do you want to tell us a little bit about what brought you here to ICU? Um, interestingly, in terms of what brought me, uh, I was tested positive for COVID uh, on the first day, uh, on the, uh, the last Monday of, the, of September. Uh, I would have done what everybody else did. I would have gone into isolation. Yeah. Um, the interesting thing that I find it was the second time I was in isolation. I can remember all of the first one. The second one, I couldn't remember a whole lot. Uh, I had to find out months later that not only did I have COVID, but also my wife and two girls. Um, when I got later in the week of the week of the isolation, the first week, uh, I had a really difficult time with breathing, uh, I had high temperature. We had had the house painted the week previously, just to give you an understanding. Mm. I suffer from asthma, or sort of did. Paint has always been a problem. And I just put it down to the paint. I didn't put it down to anything else. I lost contact, I think, with my positive result. It, it wasn't a feature of my thinking. And I kept telling my wife and uh, daughter, who was here at the time, that don't worry, I'll be fine tomorrow. It was always tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, what happened then, apparently, and I, 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 I'm only working on hearsay, uh, I was very bad on the Sunday, kept denying and kept telling them not to ring the ambulance, but they did. They rang on the Sunday night around midnight, half 11 midnight. Uh, after that, I don't have, I, I remember the two guys coming in. I remember them doing a procedure, but not, what they did, I can't remember. Mm. And I was brought by ambulance immediately to St. James's. I didn't know where I was going. Uh, I recognized when I was going in, it was probably A&E, but it was in a different setting. I went through a steel door, door closed behind me like I was going into a cell. And a gent there was three gentlemen there, all in white uh, PUP um, or PPP, whatever it is. Anyway, um, one of them spoke to me. I don't know exactly what he said to me. Uh, and then I was, I was out of it for literally 30 days after that. So that was my introduction to ICE. That's how I got there. Uh, I didn't go by foot. I was brought. And when I got there, I had no understanding of what was going on around me. Yeah, it's very harrowing, Paddy. And can then you remember the first thing or the first thing you remember about ICU when you were first starting to come around? Do you have a memory of, of us then? Uh, it was interesting. And while I was in ICU, I was obviously uh, under quite a heavy sedation and whatever else they were giving me. So I went into a parallel world. I lived on a boat or I, I spent a lot of time on water. Uh, I was going hither and thither. I thought I was living a world parallel to what was going really going on. Okay. I do remember at some stages, I can remember fighting people who were trying to get me out of my bed. That was probably because they were trying to move me into bed. I remember one particular incident where in the dreams, I discovered a couple of people, uh, two interesting brothers who did milk deliveries via a boat. One of them was a COVID nurse. And for some reason, I attached myself or he looked after me in that setting. But we went various places. We, it was just, it was like a magical carpet ride, but it was all on water. I always thought I was in a place called Omeet simply because that was where I asked to be brought. When this started, I thought I was coming home from Belgium. All the difficulties that COVID gave, how do I get home? How do I get to Dublin? I think I got as far as somewhere in the north, probably Larne. And from Larne, as I say, 
water was always the pre uh, the, the, the requisite of what I was doing for means of transport. Uh, towards the end, I can always remember, and it was probably I, I now know probably by the, the diary, uh, people sitting beside me asking me, probably asking me back into their our world, uh, did I know where I was? Where are you? So for a while, I think I remember thinking I was in Dorset Street. Why Dorset Street? I haven't a clue. Hmm. Uh, sitting on the bridge between Croke Park, between Croke Park and the bridge. Yeah. But I know all that area. There's no room for a facility. Anyway, um, the last bit uh, was probably the very end bit. Uh, it then became clearer, uh, probably because it was probably early October. I knew I was in hospital setting. I knew I was in St. James's. But again, the water thing, when I sat in the ICU, I don't know why, but I felt I was close to water. Water was all around me. And then gradually I came back into a normal setting to the, to the result that, you know, the last couple of days was preparation, uh, probably to move me to the next level of care. Care. Um, you mentioned the ICU diary there, Paddy. I actually spoke yeah. to you the day that you left ICU to go to the ward. Um, yeah. And I sat down with you at the bed. And I remember you sitting up in the bed and you had your speaking valve on through your, you know, your tracheostomy. And uh, okay. you looked very... You looked very awake. Um, you looked quite well. Um, somebody had, you know, done your hair and everything, and you were obviously delighted to get out to the ward. And I said to you about the diary, what it was, um, and why we had started it. I don't know. Do you even remember that conversation? Um, I probably do, but I, I, I can remember the context, but not what we spoke about. I do remember. Yeah. I do remember uh, that the the value, the, the, the conversation around the the, the diary. Yeah, uh, I can remember that clearly. Uh, that conversation and a the conversation there was an Italian uh, there, there was a really nice guy at night he came very late on the scene his name was Kervin yeah very good uh, one of our nurses here yeah I, I found him to be exceptionally careful mindful but it was only because I was more lucid yes I'm sure everybody was the same with me yeah uh, and I remember having a conversation with him driving a mad one night because I think it was prior to leaving on the night uh, my brother works in the hospital Okay. He's around the hospital all the time. And I think, I think where I was uh, trying to set myself, speaking to yourselves, speaking to a, a nurse called Paolo. Yeah, yeah, very good, yeah. I, I have a great, uh, a great obsession with certain things in life. The things that drive me are living, Shamrock Rovers, uh, <laughs> my family, that sort of stuff. Brilliant. And yeah. I remember having a conversation with him. He told me he was from Turin. Uh, he was a Juventus fan. <laughs> and I had gone to a football match where Shamrock Rovers played Juventus and we sat and spoke of that game as if it was in front of us there and then so that was all that uh, reunited, reconnecting and those things were quite clear in my head all of the other people I had a conversation with a nurse uh, I can't remember her name, it was an Irish name maybe Quiva um, and she told me, she asked me did I watch football I said I watch a lot of it so she assumed I was in Liverpool or a Chelsea or a Manchester. I said, oh, I watch Shamrock Rovers. Turned out her dad played for Shamrock Rovers. Oh, wow. brilliant. I never knew that. Uh, Mick Moody's daughter. Ah, uh, Jessica. Uh, Jessica. Yeah, very good. Okay, there you are now. She must believe it all. No, no. You do remember plenty of the names. Um, two of the... Yeah. Two of the nurses from the diary group actually went down to the ward to you and they were the ones that actually yeah. handed you back the diary. Yeah. What, what, yeah. 
can you tell us a little bit about the diary? What did you make of it, I suppose? And uh, do you feel it has actually helped you in any way? And should we, you know, is this something that you think we should be offering to all our ICU patients? Well, I think because of my experience in ICU, because of the COVID, you know, if you go back to what the COVID was telling all of us, it was, I, I didn't live in London when Jack the Ripper was going around in the fog. Mm. But none of us ever knew when we were going from door to door, corner to corner, where we the next to get it. It was just, it was, it was it's different to now. Uh, we all lived under that sort of arrangement. Uh, when I got COVID and when it happened, I knew nothing about it. Uh, you know, I, I, I was a victim or whatever it was. Uh, when I spent, particularly the first 30 days, I have no recollection of that, right? I have strong recollections of the dreams. I did, amazing stuff happened, but the dreams are the strongest part of my memory. Uh, what replaced those is the diary. Because what it gave me was, and I speak to you about Jessica, which I realized isn't Quiva, it was Jessica, Paolo, Caravan. Uh, um, that was because I was coming out of that. I was, I was, they were making me comfortable. They were talking to me in real terms. Yeah, there, sure. was no, there was no uh, lack of understanding. Uh, the diary, what that did in, in a huge way, to three things, there's one thing, the, the one standout feature of the diary is the composition of it, the way it was put together, how it brought me into, not in, my, in the world I was, I was obviously in their world, but what people were doing for me. I mean, the, the care, the attention, the empathy, in some cases, the strength of, of will that I pulled through this. I mean, some of them, are, the contributions were so strong. Some of them, I read, I, I read it last night for about the 10th time, 20th time, and there were bits of it lumps in my throat because here are people that are doing a day's work and they're really inside my head. They're really fighting the battle for me. I can't, I could only supply whatever resistance I could to whatever was going on in my system, but their know-how and their technique and their empathy was, it's outstanding. And what, if you go somewhere for as long as I was away, maybe 30 days, that might sound a short time, but those 30 days are now back in my possession. I own them again. Yeah. So the doctor gave me that. So it helped you in a an emotional and in a psycho in a psychological way, I suppose, then, Paddy. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Well, phys physically, I was always a little bit behind. I got behind because of what it was doing to me. Psychologically, if I, if I say it myself, it never really hurt me. Psychologically, I never felt, and I think that a lot of it is to do with that empathy that there had to be an understanding somewhere between the way I was and what they were doing. I had to see that. But I think the strength of the, the quality of the, the, the diary, it gives me that 30 days back. Yeah. Anything could have been going on. But I do know every time, just like a boxer coming out to fight, uh, there was always someone in my corner making sure I was okay. You do that and we'll do the rest. And between us, we'll sort this. And we did. Yeah. Um, and since you went home then, Paddy, have you had any difficulties, you know, after a discharge? Um, like that attribute to when you're like critical here like so you, you said you know physically you're always a little bit more behind so can you elaborate a wee bit on that like what happens if problems really discharged well, home in, in, in a very quick and brief way uh, when I left you which was day 35 I spent 28 or 9 days in the general hospital I did a ward for 2 weeks and I did the balance in the MISA building and um, at that stage, we're, we're talking probably 70 days or close to it. Um, when I came home, 
I felt I felt like I was I had no I could no control I had no control over my system. I, I couldn't walk too far. I couldn't, you know, obviously in terms of the hospital and particularly the Mesa, they made sure I could up and down stairs. I live in like most people in a setting where it's three bedrooms, a stairs in the middle, and we get up and down. Uh, so I found when I came back, I was like a, an old baby. Uh, I knew what was going on. I knew how to do it, but I couldn't do it. So, you know, with the support of particularly wife and two girls, uh, it's been a lot. It was a long. It was a long battle. Uh, I just didn't come home from hospital that well that I felt I could physically do things. A lot of the stuff was done for me. Uh, it took me a long while to get the ability even to put, take clothes off, put clothes back on. So, shoes and socks were a nightmare. Or, you know, it's only in the last while. Um, yeah, so I did come back. Um, I did come back rather weak. Um, only physically, psychologically, I think I always was ready for the battle. There was always, there's always a better day is my philosophy. Today is bad, we'll go on to tomorrow. Okay. And Paddy, do you feel more support services are required for our patients post ICU discharge then? And did you access well, support services? Yeah. What, 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 I, what, what I said to you earlier was that this started it's nearly a year ago, a year ago last Monday. Uh, you know, I'm not too sure how people buy into what COVID means. Uh, we all experience it in different ways. And in, in terms of extremity, I think I was at the extreme, the furthest extreme. The recovery, I left hospital in December. Um, I found the recovery was probably hard, probably um, policed firstly by my GP. I did get a lockdown, I don't remember, in December, changed everything. We're back into code five. Uh, I had no access to other people. And I think when that happened, I found it hard to get back into the system. I got in touch with various, I got in touch with my GP to tell them, look, I'm meeting people. There's a there's COVID clinics out there. I need access to one of them. I'd like to eventually, late, late July, early August, in a COVID clinic setting, which is just great. Right. Uh, gives me a great opportunity to rejoin, to talk with people, communicate with people, to physically get better. If I'm mentally, I've met a neurologist who's changed some of my tablets. Uh, yeah, so, you know, when I come out of hospital, I had the same amount of tablets as I was getting when I was in there. Whether that was good or bad, I'm not sure. But I'm more comfortable now in terms of everything that's happening around me. With the result, I'm far more, I always felt I was positive, but I'm just that bit more now. And it's, it's really helping me physically and mentally, you know? Has it give you a new perspective on life now, Paddy? <laughs> well, I suppose like all of us, uh, we're humans. Mortality was always a big thing. It's always a big thing with everyone, I think. There's nobody uh, doesn't know their mortality. Uh, the adventure I've been on, uh, it's taught me one lesson, and that is when life is there, grab it, work it, allow for it, protect it. But COVID taught me that when we're, 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 uh, when we're ready for something, we have to be ready. Uh, I, had no, I had no choice when COVID came. I, I was taken away from myself. I didn't share anything with the people around me, and I felt I was in some other flight. Uh, where I was going, where I was bringing me, I'm not entirely sure. But as I said to you earlier, only because of all the things. And the diary, again, is so important because I now know that what you were doing for me is so, 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 you know, so welcome. And it was so, it was so uh, well-founded that I'm so delighted. But it has left me with this, you know, tomorrow. I've always had a, 
tomorrow is the best day or today is the best day and tomorrow could be better. That's really living my life. And that's the way I've always led my life. People plan things in advance. I've never done that. Uh, It's now to start. And Paddy, at the back of that diary, I know that we have some uh, links to ICU Steps, which is the support group for former ICU patients, family members. I'm just wondering, would you ever think of accessing that? I know they do Zoom, uh, they do Zoom meetings and they used to do kind of drop in meetings. Is that something maybe you'd consider or maybe it's just not for you? I think where I am now, if there's anything, and you know, I've been speaking to you for a while. Yeah. If there's anything I can give back for what was given to me, particularly by yourselves, uh, yeah, definitely. I'm interested in anything. I, I, I do think that, you know, I'm looking at a lot of fellas taking laps now. They're going on celebratory laps. They want to introduce. And I'm talking about politicians and people that make the plan. Yeah. Uh, I, I really think that people like myself who have, fought, who have fought the battle with the aid and support of yourselves, the most important words can come from them rather than anybody else that wants to, you know, lead, lead the fight. I said to you earlier, I'm 71. Yeah. Things that challenge me are probably every day to, to some people. I see it with my daughters. Uh, I, I only started using Zoom in the last five or six weeks. I would be afraid to go too far in terms of technology. Yeah. But if that's the way to get the message out and get it out clearly and coherently to help people. Yeah, I'm, I'm def- definitely one for that. We really appreciate it, Paddy. Brilliant. Paddy, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a real privilege. Um, we really do appreciate it. And thanks to all our listeners and our subscribers today. Um, so see you all next time folks, on our critical conversations.